You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. To 70 in overtime in the NHL. Two games, first two games after the All-Star break. Rangers beat the Avalanche 2-1 in overtime in a battle of division leaders. Islanders over the Maple Leafs 3-2. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, good morning. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Inside the Locker Room. 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you want to get in with us. Our ex accounts at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson. One email. For the show is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Get that app on your smartphone and you can take it anywhere you go. You can download it right there at the Apple Store, the Tide 100.9 app. It's that time of year again. The honeydew list is growing and the projects are adding. Now, if the time is right to build that new fence deck pergola you've been dreaming about, and there's no better product than Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. Yellowwood offers best protection against rot. Fungal decay and termite tech, so you know your project will last for years to come. Head on down to that local dealer, and always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Justin Jones behind the glass with us again this morning. Uh, Kevin Skarbinski will join us at 7.30. We'll talk Alabama hoops with Brian Pasek, uh at 8.15. Before that, we'd love to have your phone calls, 205 342 Nine nine zero four. With that being said, I'll hand it over to Dad. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Well, I'm doing okay. I think the Kansas State Kansas game went six overtimes. Is that correct? I'm gonna check it. I was um, watching it and fell asleep. I don't uh, know. Seventy five seventy. I I thought it went six. Thought they said six overtimes. Uh, the the internet internet just says overtimes, but uh, I think. He's going to be able to score a lot more if it's six. But let me look. Go ahead. I'll look at it. Uh, Virginia. Um, just absolutely kill Miami in basketball. Uh, Dartmouth, y'all has, uh, declared that their men's basketball people, uh, players are employees. Now, if this starts that deal around the country, uh, then they have to pay taxes on that. Uh, it becomes quite different, uh, than it is if they're not, uh, labeled employees. So, this could be a problem there. I'm not sure exactly what kind of problem. Um, William uh, Engie, Engie, and I'm not sure about the Engie, okay, Engie, uh, who's a linebacker coach, is coming to Alabama. He worked with Warmack, and most of you know that Warmack from South Alabama is going to be the new defensive coordinator. They worked together, I believe, at Indiana, and so uh, there's some familiarity there. Uh, still some talk uh, as to whether Ryan Grubb is going to come uh, or not to uh, to Seattle. Um, most of it, I had it written down. I just got a notice on it, too. But uh, that uh, away from athletics, Toby Keith passed away last night. Yeah. He had had stomach cancer for some time and had fought it. He's got, uh, oh, he's got a couple of songs I absolutely love. Um the wording in them is is so great about about a, a young man who was dating a girl and she didn't think he was anything until he got 
you know, got on his feet. It was the word of him, I think, is terrific. Um, 49ers are upset about where they're having to practice uh, for this Super Bowl. We don't have it mentioned at all. We're not, not much Super Bowl people, but uh, should be should be a great game. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday, and I'll mention it again. The advisory board of the Big Ten uh, are forming an advisory board, Big Ten SEC, to handle the issues that uh, were coming up in college football. Brother, there are plenty of them, so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there. Along with the mentioning of the staff at Alabama, uh, a lot of uh, the analysts who are up in the offices looking at film and going to the meetings will not be retained. I know I, they didn't name all of them. Charlie Strong was one that they named who's not going to be retained. Uh, he's been the head coach in Texas, South Florida, somewhere, various places, in South Carolina, he over his assistant. So he he is uh, he is out. Uh, tonight, uh, we have a very surprising South Carolina team at 7-2. I haven't had a chance to look at their schedule but they have played the Tennessees, and, and uh, they, they got killed by Alabama, but they played the Tennessees and other people. So um, they are you know, entertaining Ole Miss. Ole Miss is better. They struggle when the, once the league has started, and they are, I think, 4-4 four and four in the league. And then, uh, I, I had said that I thought that 14-4 uh, uh, would win it. Uh, I may be, you know, of course, dead wrong on that. Um Kentucky already has four losses, and they are they're going to Vanderbilt tonight to be on the SEC Network at seven thirty. The Ole Miss South Carolina game precedes that; it will be at five thirty our time. Ole Miss would have a chance. I think he does a good job of getting his teams ready to play. Uh, South Carolina has now uh, got some home court advantage because everybody's excited because they're winning. And they should be. So, uh, as most of you know. Uh, Alabama and Auburn. Tomorrow night, uh, 6 o'clock uh, on ESPN2. That's all I've got. Uh, there's a article on AL.com, and I think they talked to Justin and Boyd Gray and the kicker about uh, Coach retiring. Neither one of them, they were both caught off guard, obviously. Neither one of them were in the meeting. They were both training. Um, but they talk about how the, the coach showed no signs, of, which is remarkable to me. Maybe he didn't know. Till after the season, but, uh, there was no let up whatsoever. And that, that's the way coach, uh, you would expect him to do I don't it. Think uh, he knew. You, you don't think he knew? Yeah. Probably didn't. Probably hadn't, probably was in his mind, but hadn't decided. Um, but, uh, you knew he would grind to the end. I heard a guy on a show last night. He was talking about all the new rules and what's going on at Dartmouth and with all the portal and the, NIL and these freshmen that do well come in and I need more NIL money or I'm out of here. That is driving a lot of good people out of, out of college athletics. Um, some of them are going to the NFL. Uh, you don't have a ton of college guys going to the NBA, but it's driving a lot of really good people out of, uh, college football. And, uh, the, the, if the rules continue the way that they're going to start driving a lot of fans out as well. Do you agree with that? Or is it just going to be the case? Oh, I think it's, I think it's hurting. I think when you get to the way you have it, uh, you know, when you look at you know, SMU has a money problem, they're going to ACC. Uh, you know, when you have people going way across the country to do athletic events, 
the people can't afford to follow them, regardless, regardless whether you want to call it a minor sport or or football or basketball, whatever you want to call it. And I, I think it hurt. I think it's, it's going to hurt a lot. And we're, we're going to continue to have arguments about money because money, the love of, all, love of money is the root of all evil. So um, people, I, I think you're right. I think you, I think we'll have less people watch, um, get disgusted with, with their team. And um, I think we'll have less rivalries because you don't play quite as much. I think people thinking because Texas – Oklahoma's coming in. Boy, it's just going to be playing Texas, Oklahoma every year. Um, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I think about some of these people that have uh, worked so hard, worked all their lives, uh, you know, had a couple of jobs for kids to come in and as freshmen before they've ever even played it down. Uh, and the collectives are the problem. I think NIL is fine if you use NIL the correct way when you come in and your name and your image and your likeness uh, can generate the revenue, but just getting all these people to give to these collectives—that's uh, not collectives are not nil. Those people give it to collectives, and you start giving you start giving the eighteen, nineteen-year-old kid more than his uh, parents have made in their lifetime in one year. Uh, just doesn't seem just hand a. So I, I just don't. I think it's going to turn these people off that are given to these collectives as well. Uh, you know, you got guys running down and, you know, blowing it on cars and this, if they were putting it, you know, and, and helping people out in certain ways. But, uh, I don't know. Just, I think it's going to drive we, a lot of We just of people can't away. define what NIL is. I think this is what the SEC and the Big Ten would like to be able to define that and to be darn sure that we go by rules. The other fact that we've got now. Is that all the coaches? Most of all the coaches have have lost any kind of uh, uh, feelings for that for the, for the NCAA. Uh, they're sitting there uh, without anybody really feeling like they have the authority to make uh, rules and to find people because they don't know what they're doing. We have a new person in there who was former governor up in, up in the east, and um, I think the NCAA has lost its power. We need somebody that has enough power to to correct the mistakes that we're talking about, and um, it uh, it's going to take a long time to do that. Then we have the government, um, you know, involved in it. If this Dartmouth thing, and you know, we have we have and we have people lawyering up about the transfer rule, where just people just transfer. And I know coaches are leaving too, but. Uh, it, it's a real problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Why do, where do, when did it happen, Justin, where if something happened in athletics that you could just go to court? Like what? <laughs> so is that going to happen in our jobs now? We don't like the way our boss is treating us, so we're just going to go to court. When did everything go to court? Uh, is what I want to know. Uh, also, we don't like the transfer portal. We don't, you're going to try to take our money. All right, we're taking you to court. Uh, I, I don't even get it. All right, two men in trucks at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need in preparation for this move. Whether it's a local move or out of town move or out of state, let the professionals handle it. It's a stressful process. They will take great care of you and your stuff. Give them a call today for the free estimate. 205-247-5050. That's two men in a truck. Movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. If you are traveling along McFarland Boulevard from Coker, passing Lurling Wallace on down to the I-20 interchange, you're moving nicely with no major accidents or breakdowns there. Along Lurling Wallace from Northport as well, if you're coming down across the Hugh Thomas Bridge up to Jack Warner Parkway and the 2059 interchange, traveling from the uh, Foster's area on out to Cottondale, you're moving at posted speeds there too. Just a bit more volume as we go. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Tuesday morning. Both Alabama U.S. Senators Katie Britt and Tommy Tuberville oppose a compromised bipartisan border bill. All of Alabama's GOP-dominated House delegation, except Democrat Terry Sewell, are also against the bill that would include $20 billion in new border security funding, $60 billion, or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance. The best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner, too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with the low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the day, the high 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3040 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 35 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I'll bet you never heard old Marshall Dillon say, Miss Kitty, have you ever thought of running away? Settling down, would you marry me? If I ask you twice and beg you pretty please. So welcome back to Inside Life today. We're going to play a little Toby Keith every time we uh, come back from break. Uh, unfortunately, Kobe passed away at the age of 62, way, way too young. Yellowwood pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. And that Kansas that game, Dad, it was not six overtime. Kansas scored six points in overtime. Uh, and lost seven, wrong. Yeah, Sorry. lost 75. Uh, the 70 to Kansas State. Okay. Uh, so, all right, get to the Yellowwood hotline, get Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Very good morning. Good morning, Coach. How are y'all? We're good. Okay. How are you, bud? I'm good. I, I got two things. I want to get your uh, and, and Coach's take on it that uh, it fascinates me following a story out of uh, uh, of college sports yesterday, the Dartmouth uh, men's basketball team on a a fair labor practice and went for a labor board. The labor board ruled that they are indeed employees of the university and they have to be treated as such. And this is what I want to ask y'all. Is this the first step of maybe being able to get a hold to uh, the regulatory part of NIL and transfer portal and all like that because uh, if, if they're employees, will they start like the NFL and have to go into a collective bargaining uh, uh, 
negotiation and agreement. Well, I mentioned that to start the show. I mentioned Yeah, dark. that's where I got it. And I, uh, my understanding is they pay taxes, uh, and those taxes are based on anything that they get, um, which is going to be complicated for each kid and their families. Um, I don't know. I, I think it, I think if this if this really escalates a little bit, uh, this is the beginning of, of if you mentioned problems for everybody. Uh, Tom, dumb it down for me. Tell me exactly what does this mean that God can? Well, I, I'm gonna take a vacation. We, we got a game now, yeah, but I'm doing a vacation. Uh, I'm gonna be out of town for a couple of days. It, it could, it could go in that direction, uh, and uh, and more than likely based on uh, the way people, uh, judges, and all that's ruling. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. A Final Four team walk out there and go, you know what? We're going on strike because we don't like the color of the tiles in the and. Dressing room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Rick that Pitino thing. was making fun. He said, yeah, I had some guys come and they wanted to shoot extra, but I told them they had already worked their 20 hours. I couldn't let them work extra, uh, so we yeah. couldn't let them get in the gym. Uh, I mean, are we serious? Like, well, how does that even, how does that even get to court with many things that I, I we got, <laughs> that got going on? How does that even get to court? I, I don't know, Barry, but it is, and it's headed. That, yeah. that actually wasn't a court. That was a labor board. Yeah. But you can bet your bottom dollar it's headed to court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought, my thinking was, and, and it it may be too logical for a federal judge, and um, but it, it could be that, uh, you know, the, the collective bargain, uh, bargaining act could fall into place and then you would have a a opportunity to have some regular regulations on 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 uh players and so forth and so on. i don't know but it, it's interesting me my second thing to y'all would, would be this the sec and the big 10 are either scheduling a uh meeting or in a meeting right now i don't know which but Scheduling. uh they uh, what do you make of that i mean is that about it Expansion? Is it about the ruling of, of the it's labor the, board? It's about the, about the problems that we're having that you discussed or, or the problems that we're going to have uh, because they they feel like, of course, we, we've lost the pack. We've lost the pack. Uh, we have only really a big, strong conference in the Big 12. We have new member, a bunch of new members coming to the ACC. So the two strongest conferences that we have are the ACC plus, uh, you know, Commissioner of SCC and the commissioner of the Big Ten are, you know, wanting to try to get things straight because they think they got the best programs, and so that that's they're going to try to go in and try to do what they can to talk to the NCAA. The problem is the NCAA doesn't have doesn't know much either, and and um, then the federal government steps in. But to answer your question, they're fixing to do that to go over all the problems that we're having. That makes sense. Do you think, Tom, uh, like the SEC and the Big Ten, for instance, you know, we're at this still silly 11.7 scholarships for college baseball. You know, you can have 40 guys on your roster this year. You divide out 11.7 scholarship amongst 30, and 32 guys can get the money. 
So out of 32 guys, but can the SEC and the Big Ten, they can probably afford to give 35 full scholarships. Uh, do you think do they, but do you think that the SEC and the Big Ten, and maybe even the ACC should have, have to play with the same rules as maybe the Sun Belt or some of these schools that couldn't afford it. Let them give 11.7, but if the SEC and those guys can give 25 fulls, should they be allowed to do it? That, doesn't that help the student athlete? Barry, that, that is, that is a great point. And I believe it goes to what is wrong in college athletics right now is that you've got people on the regulatory board of the NCAA that are from small schools have not a freaking clue about Alabama, Michigan, SC, Oregon, all these big schools that can afford to have a good product. Look at the SEC baseball last year, the product that they put on the on the field. And they're still handcuffed. If they would take the handcuffs off of them and let them go, Look what a product it would be and the attention and the, uh, all that uh, involved in it. No, you're right. It, it's stupid yeah. to do what they're doing to baseball, limiting the uh, staff, limiting the scholarship to these teams that are just – don't get me started. I, well, Tom, they co- you know, just one problem after another. Let me ask you a question before you, before you hang up. Okay. You're, the head, you're, the, you're the head football coach, and I'm, a, I'm your assistant. Right, and I got and you got a bunch of and I walk into you and I said we can get Joe Blow over here. We go have to give him fifty thousand dollars more. We have to give him twenty five thousand dollars more a month. What would, what would you tell me? Uh, if it's you and me, I'm gonna go. You need to be the head coach. I need to be the assistant. I'm gonna put <laughs> my answer to you. <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing that they go through every day. I, 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 you know, with assistant. Do we need him, Coach? And you're going to say, yeah, he he, he can help us. I'm going to say, you know what? we got to go figure out how to get the money. Okay. Yeah. But is it against the law if you just said, all right, look, every SEC school – each sport, like, all right, men's basketball, you got 1.5 million. You give it out however you want. You got 1.5 million a year. Can you do it that way? Or are they going to scream now that you're restricting? You it's, it, you're restrict, but you're doing that in the NFL. You have a salary cap. You have so much you can give and you have to stay with it with under that. Can you get to that, Tom? Yeah, well, yeah you're going to have to because the NFL said, look, we're paying these rookies all this money, and they hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> They've done nothing. And uh, you remember the kid that come out of SC? They gave him that big contract, and he said, okay, I'm going to ride four years, and I'm gone. And he was. Yeah. And, but he had enough money to, to burn five wet mules. And uh, uh, it, 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 it's the same. It, it's just crazy. Okay, don't, we have, don't we have people in the SEC that can't afford to be in there now? No. No, uh, that, 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 Vanderbilt, that, can, that Vanderbilt can afford it. Oh, yeah, you got so much private money. I mean, willing to spend it. Well, that's a different That's a different question. Well, I just I just changed the question. I mean, so if they're not willing to spend it, should you kick them out of the league? Now, hey, let me ask you this, Coach. If you're handing them a billion dollars, which that's what it's fixing to be here in a year or two, it's going to be a billion dollars per school. And if you're the commissioner, you're handing to him. You go, hey, look at here. I need some action out of you now. 
we need something going on and uh, this four and ten ain't gonna get it. You don't you have the right to demand something out of them? I would think. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good question. But you need a bottom feeder in every league. You need somebody that you say, Well, we're gonna get that win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. You, I don't know. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, uh, back to the Yellowwood Hotline. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, y'all. Hey, I was going to ask you on this on this Dartmouth thing. Um, if if this if this opens the door to the uh, Dartmouth uh, players being defined as employees, well, then that opens the door for workers' comp. Uh, it opens the door for these athletes to get fired. Am I right? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me uh, when I said that? Can you explain to me what what that really means all the way with, with the taxes? Can you explain to, to our listeners because I don't know. Well, I don't know if I can or not. But if I'm an eight, if I'm some seventeen year old kid uh, from that part of the country that has a chance to go to Dartmouth on an athletic scholarship, yet I'm going to be also classified as an employee, which means I would get taxed. Why would I want to go to Dartmouth? What what benefit do they get out of it? I guess is what they I'm don't. asking. Yeah, uh, I thought I, I, the I, I, uh, I thought Ivy League Dartmouth's Ivy League, right? Yes, yeah. I thought it was non scholarship. I don't know how they do it. All I'm saying is, let, let's just say it was the University of Illinois. Let's say, and and they're crazy enough in Illinois to do something like this. Let's say if it was in Illinois, why would you want to go to a place and be classified as an employee and then get taxed? Yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody have to. Maybe Kevin can explain it to us. I, I don't understand it. Uh, the I don't even know what they're fighting either. for. I, so I don't know. I don't understand why college, why the why the college sports and the, and the people who you know watch over quote unquote college sports. I don't know why they've got such a grudge against it. They've got a grudge against themselves. Yeah. Well, right? we got we got our we we got our. Well, I won't get into all that. We just we just got our league so messed up, Philip. But you mm-hmm. know, we got three teams from it, from a from the Pac twelve, Pac ten, coming all the way to ACC is ridiculous. And football, you, who wants to see dark? Who wants to see Stanford play with Virginia? Yeah. Oh well, well I think what you're going to see on that is just going to be a huge mess. Stanford and Cal are so bad that they're talking about you know that some of the ACC teams. Playing them in Kansas City and places like that, so that they won't have to go all the way to the to the to the ACC. Well, we're going to end up probably with three leagues. Big Big Twelve is going to hold because they they've gotten so many so many other schools to come in. It's it's a it, they're not going to be great rivalries in the Big Twelve, no. but there'll be a lot of good schools there. And then you have the ACC, you have the SEC, and. You, you may be able to keep the ACC together, have four, but four is the, is the max. If, if y'all could ask Kevin this, I'd appreciate it. Ask Kevin what the big, what the ACC and the Big Ten is up to in regards to that unified statement they put out last week. All right, we will do that. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Phil. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, uh, Royal Cleaners, they want to make your life easy. They'll come right to you, pick up all the cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. If you want to drop off University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, Northport, or 4851 Rice Mine Road. For all your cleaning. 
Show with Hunter Johnson. It's the Tide Basketball Post Game Show, brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance, Tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet. Look at Five quarts of Castrol Edge or Edge High Mileage Full Synthetic and an oil filter for $36.99. Only at AutoZone. Claim based on Sequence 3H test versus API SP test limits. Inside the Locker Room with Wimpin Berry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yellowwood pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want to build that five star backyard. You got to do it with Yellowwood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. Also, I want to congratulate uh, before we get to Kevin, uh, Christy Curry. Uh, they knocked off Vanderbilt last night in Nashville, and that was Christy Coach Curry's 500th win. Uh, so, uh, congratulations uh, to Coach Curry and staff. Uh, I'm having a great year. Uh, so far, but 500 wins for, for Coach Curry. All right. Uh, he is the freelance writer. He's with the Birmingham lead. He'll be doing the state, uh, playoffs here, uh, in Birmingham at Legacy Arena before, I'm assuming he is. Uh, he can tell you that, but, uh, Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you, sir? Morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Coach Curry. That's a, obviously yeah. a great milestone and congratulations to my wife and me. We managed to get our first son to his 21st birthday yesterday. Uh, which is, we feel like an accomplishment. Uh, we didn't damage him too, too terribly, I don't think. And, uh, we're here in Gainesville about to head back home. All right. Let me ask you this question. At what point have you, I know you probably hadn't gotten there yet. Does he take over his own cell phone bill? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> I wish the answer were tomorrow, but, uh, I don't think that's, that's not, I know that's not correct. Uh, maybe when he, maybe when he walks across the stage and right. gets, uh, his diploma and then gets his first uh, job in the real world, maybe that'll be it. There you go. All right. Uh, Kevin, help dad and I. Tell us what happened at Dartmouth. Dumb it down for us, or dumb it down for me. Dad's a lot smarter than I am. I don't understand what they're fighting for, what they won, what what it is. Do you know, and can you explain it? Well, (laughs) I haven't, uh, because we've been celebrating my son Kaiser, I haven't uh, really taken a deep dive on, on the decision. I do know it is a significant decision in that it allows college athletes at that school to be designated as employees of the school. Now, what does that mean? And that that changes everything. That means they have the right to form a a collective bargaining unit, which we would call a union in professional sports, 
That means they can bargain with the university as far as uh, practice hours, uh, times of year that they they are on the clock, times of year they're not. You know the hours per week that they spend practicing. Um, you know things like that uh, negotiate how much they're going to <laughs> receive in compensation. And this is where what, what's significant about this, guys, and what it, most of us wouldn't think much about about Dartmouth College. Uh, in fact, the only connection I can think of is Mike Slide was the athletic director there for a couple of years and absolutely hated it. He got harassed by, uh, of all people, a hockey booster was uh, was his nemesis <laughs> during his time there. So, uh, but it really is going to. This is going. This is where all of certainly major college athletics is headed where you're going to have uh, players designated as employees. They're going to have, yes, as people have asked, they will have to pay taxes on any compensation they receive from the university of value, such as scholarships. Uh, And so it's going to be a different burden on them, but it's also going to be a different burden on schools and the balance of power. What this is really all about besides uh, compensating college athletes is the balance of power. It has always been, long been on the side of the administration, the coaches, the athletic directors, etc. Now the players have gained more and more power, and it's only going to continue in that direction. And, and this is just, again, another tip of a, a much larger iceberg. Yeah. Uh, um where we stand now, where, what kind of committee do, what, what can we do with the NCAA to make it more relevant where the coaches are, you know, they have no better, they don't trust them. They've got a new group that they're trying to do something. Where, where do we stand with somebody that's got some power to do what we're trying to do now? Just forget Dartworth right now. Where, where, well, are we, where are we going now? That's obviously one of the major questions that's, being asked and has not been fully answered yet uh, across college athletics. And I think what we've seen, you, you guys remember the days when people would say, you know, think of the end, you know, fans, for example, or media would refer to the NCAA as, as if it were a separate entity. And people within the NCAA would always say, well, the NCAA is the schools. The schools make the rules. The schools you know, choose uh, through their, you know, through the people that they approve um, to work in the central office, to be the executive director, <laughs> et cetera. Well, I think there's a greater disconnect, certainly, be, you know, between the between the schools and the NCAA central office than ever before. I, I think it is more of a separate entity that acts uh, on its own volition. And this, because it, it also realizes that it is losing power over the schools. It's losing power to enforce its own rules because those rules are changing rapidly. They're being over, overridden by state laws, for example, in the NIL space. So it is just, I, I don't know the answer, except it does not appear that the answer is going to be the NCAA continuing to be the exclusive governing body of college athletics. We've already seen that start to change with the college football playoff. You know, the NCAA doesn't run that, but the college football playoff still operates under the NCAA's rules in terms of when they can practice, how often you can practice, et cetera. You know, that's, that, that's all still set by the NCAA. So 
at some point, the NCAA is not going to, or at least most people believe this, is not going to govern uh, major college football and perhaps major college basketball, but at the least major college football. And they will form their own organization, whether it's under the purview of the college football playoff, as some people believe, you know, whether there is a, a person hired who's considered a commissioner of college football, which many people think would be the way to go to preserve what's best for the sport and advance the sport with the best interests of every constituent group in mind, including the players. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Would the, would the, uh, big 10 and the ACC and the SEC, as they meet to discuss all these problems, would they come out with an idea that they want a new head, uh, to run the thing and to ha- have the authority and that head would be Nick Saban. Well, they, they certainly have the power to shape whatever structure or system is going to be in place to govern major college football going forward or, or all, all sports for that matter. But let's, let's just focus on football. Yeah. They have the power to do that. You know, they have the power to break away in an extreme case. They could break away and be an AFC slash NFC uh, type of grouping in which the champion of each then meets in, in a Super Bowl or there's a playoff, you know, uh, to, to leading to a, a college football Super Bowl, which is another direction that uh, this all seems to be heading with the 12 team playoff. <clears throat> you know, who's going to be allowed to, to who's allowed, who are they going to continue to uh, organize with? and affiliate with, are they going to include the ACC and the big 12? You would think so. Uh, it would be hard to imagine just you know, got those schools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but at some point though, and this also seems to be, are we going to then have a separation with the group of five uh, division one conferences like the Sun Belt, like uh, Mountain West Conference USA? Are we going to see a break there? that those schools no longer play. You know, you don't see Alabama, Southern Miss, or you don't see Auburn, uh, Troy. Well, you don't see Auburn, Troy anyway, but uh, uh, you know what I'm saying. You don't see those kind of games that the power, power, whatever they call it, you know, is no longer a power five, but whatever that group is, they only play amongst themselves. And then everyone else plays amongst themselves. And there's a separate college football playoff, and then there's a separate whatever the yeah. new organization is going to be. You have, you have nobody to appeal to. That's certainly to possible. Now. Yeah. Not, I mean, you, you, to have to, you have to – that's just it. I mean, who – again, who's going to be – you're in charge. Look, the, the SEC and the Big 12 are going to set the tone. They're going to they're gonna shape the future of major college football. And, and other people, if they want to be a part of that – what that organization, that group, that structure, they're going to have to go along that, that, because those those conferences hold all the power right now. Can you have rules just for football and then say, but we're going to keep basketball the same? I, I want South Alabama and Auburn playing. Uh, the March Madness is uh, the best event in college athletics we got going. So we're going to have a separate rules for football and separate rules for basketball. Uh, maybe the other sports that fall under that. Can you do that, Kevin, uh, in this situation? If, if you can get agreement yeah. uh, among the key decision makers, and I, I don't see why you couldn't. Because let's be honest, you know, football is a different animal. Sure. You know, basketball is as major college basketball is as close to football as anything else, but football is a different animal. So 
the, 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 the most significant event that the NCAA runs and profits from is the NCAA basketball tournament. And that is such an iconic event across the country. I don't think you want to be seen as the people who destroyed the NCAA tournament. So if you're <laughs> Craig Sankey or Tony Petiti, I don't think that, that you want that on your resume, that you broke away completely and you just played amongst yourselves in all sports. And the NCAA tournament still existed, but it didn't include the very best teams in the country or many of the best teams in the country. So I, that's going to be very interesting. I don't see why you couldn't. I, I think it would be – it's thorny. It's it's challenging to come up with a governance structure that does set football aside and everyone everything else continues under whatever the NCAA is going to be in its next iteration. But, yeah, I don't see – I think you almost have – to be honest – to be fair to everyone, to do what's best for football and what's best for other sports, in some ways you do have to have some kind of uh, breakaway of football. Yeah, you're playing 12 games in football. You're playing 30 in basketball. Uh, and quite honestly, a lot of these schools, the Troy and these in-state schools, they need the the buy games. They need the money. They need mm-hmm. the, they need the hundred thousand dollars and. Nate Oates needs the home game uh, to generate the revenue, so I think it works. But in, in football, I kind of get that. But there is, you know, that those smaller schools need those money games as well. But uh, I would hate to see. Now them. Think about Barry. Think about think about baseball. Yeah. They play fifty six games. Uh, you know, they travel. Obviously, you know that increases your travel cost. The more you, you know, the more you and farther you travel, you know, they're about to start playing in a week or so. Can you? I mean, you look. You could play Alabama could play uh, you know Michigan and USC and uh, you know all the other schools in the Big uh, 10 as well as all the schools in the SEC and you would have a you know a pretty exciting schedule is that but is that what is that what we want to see or do you know look we it's a great opportunity for Sanford to play in Alabama for Troy to play in Auburn and they do play in those sports they do play in state schools and and those in state schools have some pretty darn good baseball programs uh Stanford, UAB, Troy, I mean, they've all been, South Alabama, just to name a few, they've all been to the NCAA tournament. They've all had some some upset wins. So, and, and that again, that's part of what makes that event uh, on a lesser scale in terms of popularity uh, as popular as it is uh, across the country, uh, like the NCAA basketball tournament. How did, um, Dad, please answer if you know the answer. How did collectives even become legal? Like, I understand NIL. Uh, and if a kid gets here, like, <clears throat> you know, Bryce Young deserved to make whatever he made. But how did the collectives become legal? And then it's not handled by the coaches or anything like that. How is that even legal? Is that what's trying getting Tennessee and some of these people investigated, uh, the collective part of it, not the NIL, because they're totally different? Right. Well, this this is at the heart of the problem is – the NCAA did not have the foresight or the people in charge did not have, and this includes athletic directors and presidents and chancellors did not have the foresight to understand, especially the way legal cases have been going against the NCAA for, for what seems like forever, that this was going to happen. You were not going to be able to say within your rules that you cannot, you know, these players can only get uh, tuition, you know, cost of attendance, Pell grants, you know, the, the, the way that they've been, you know, getting, uh, paid, if you will, 
forever and ever. That it, that the value as, as the value of the enterprise skyrocketed. That they were going to have to share. That players were going to have to get a larger share of the revenue. They didn't plan for it. They 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 knew it. They had to know it was coming. They didn't plan for it. They tried to forestall it as long as possible. And and now they're stuck with again this hodgepodge of state laws that run counter to NCAA regulations. Right. They never they never set up a structure even even under duress when when it was a couple of years ago when when again a, a court case as is typically uh, in many of these situations uh, decided that yeah you're going to have to allow these guys to get paid okay what's the structure of it and they never really outlined it in any detail they never came to a um, a consensus on okay how do we how do we comply with state laws but still have our own regulations how do we not let this turn into um, you know, instead of hundred dollar handshakes, uh, hundred thousand or, or million dollar deals, uh, and again, you can't. Really, the, and the bottom line is, they still want to put, they still want to try to cap it, but you're not going to be able to cap this stuff unless you have collective bargaining, the way you have in professional sports. Unless the players have a say in, okay, each school can spend, you know, X amount of dollars on their football roster. Well. You can't decide that for the players. The players have to be involved in those decisions yeah, going forward. Yeah, uh, both of y'all explain to me, because I don't understand, uh, <laughs> define the collectives versus NIL money. It sounds to me like the collectives are the money that the universities get, but then they take that collective, those collectives, and they put it into NIL money. Am I wrong? Well, that's the key. Yeah, collective is it's like, yay, Alabama. We just have people yeah. just give into a fund. Right. NIL is a company is willing to pay you. I understand that, but don't the collectives, don't, don't we take the collectives and use that as NIL money? We we're, we're, in essence, yeah, they're handing it, but that's what we're yeah. saying. They shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, you yeah, should that's be what able to. That's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So my point is, how is that legal? <laughs> is, I guess, well, maybe, I don't know. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, the, well, well, basically, what they've done is the exact opposite of what the NCAA preached about forever and ever. Yeah. That was, we, you don't want boosters involved in recruiting. Now, because because NIL is legal, because players are able to receive compensation based on their name, image, and likeness. And the schools have said, well, we can't pay for that. Or we're not going to pay for that. We're not going to change our entire uh, revenue structure, our entire financial operation to include that revenue stream so it has to come from a from an, an outside party and instead of having it be the wild wild west where you know company a corporation b uh, mom and pop c go to the players and they tried to again trying to maintain some control trying to to create some kind of organization that where there would be uh, there would be cooperation and coordination between the schools and these collectives rather than Every man for himself, every company for himself, every athlete for himself. Because look, these athletes need guidance. That's another thing. They get taken advantage of in, in some of these deals. And we've seen some egregious examples of that. So they, there, there does need to be an adult in the room that understands, that understands contracts, that understands uh, deals that the players don't, that maybe coaches don't, maybe ADs don't. And, and so, so the players should be represented. There has to be somebody on their side. To make sure they're they're treated oh. fairly, so it's just it's a big mess because again the uh, NCAA did not you, yeah plan you leave, very well. If I give you fifty thousand, if I give the university fifty thousand uh, uh, dollars, to is just to make the university better, 
can yay Alabama come in there and say, well, how much of this are you going to give the NIL? I, I explain. I don't understand that. Well, it's it's what you it's what you want your money to go to. Yeah, but if you, you want to that, go to player, you say that the A Alabama, I'm giving fifty thousand, yeah. yeah, but twenty five thousand is you, going to Alabama. You could say you want it to go to the starting quarterback, whoever the starting quarterback is. Okay, you can say I want it to go to the starting point guard, whoever the starting point guard is. Okay. You know, you know, how, some you know how some schools have endowed positions. Some yeah, like Stanford does. That. Their coaching position Stanford. is the yeah. their coaching position is the Condoleezza Rice head coaching position. That's not that's, it's not her name, but she's a Stanford grad. Just to use an example, they have names designated for certain coaching positions. How soon before we have that? If the way it's going, we're going to have the Condoleezza Rice starting quarterback for Stanford. You know, or or the Paul or the Paul Bryant, uh, you know, the Paul Bryant uh, starting uh, middle linebacker at Alabama, whatever it might be. It's that's how I, that's how crazy it is. But it's basically designating you want your money to go to players based on uh, supposedly their name, what they've already accomplished. Which again, we know this is, and this is going to be, this is also going to become legal or within the rules that you can go to a recruit and you can say, look, if you come here. You're going to get X, Y, and Z. You're going to have this deal. You're going to have this deal. You're going to have this deal. You're going to make this much money on this deal, et cetera, et cetera. And and it's going to be what it's already what's already happening. And what the big uh, debate is with schools like Tennessee is, you know, are they breaking rules? No, it's it's not going to be against rules because it's not going to be against the law. Well, I'm trying to get those guys to simple, go to the school of their choice. As yeah, simple as I can for just everybody. So I'm I'm the president of the university, of whatever, and, and you give. A bunch of collectives, and all of a sudden, those collectives are all, you know, I'm losing out on getting stuff from my from my university. Uh, that that becomes well, a real that, problem. Well, that's the problem, or say with the arena, you know, uh, more worried that, about getting. I, I just don't. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I, you know, how much do you say you're going to give? Well, I'm going to give this much to, to the University of Alabama. I'm going to give this much to NIL. I, I think the president's. That's. I, I know everybody understands that, maybe, yeah, but there's some of my listeners. Yeah. Some of my listeners don't understand it. That told me. I, yeah, I, and, I, and, I, and I it hurts. I gave it, yeah. and I gave it. I tell you, it has to go to Auburn baseball. I don't care what you do with yes. it, but this yes. money goes to Auburn baseball players. Uh, and, and you it, decide. Yeah, yeah you yeah. decide how and how and where to divvy it up. But and, and, and as difficult as it is for major schools like Alabama and Auburn, think of think of what this does to schools like UAB because they have a limited donor base. Yeah. And so you're tapping the same people over and over and over. we want to build a football operations center. Okay. All these people pony up. We want to, uh, we, you know, we want to build, help build, get the stadium built in Birmingham, which you're going to be the main tenant. Okay. They pony up for that. Uh, we, now we need, uh, you know, we need this. Uh, okay. We're going to pony up for that. Now we need, now we need to pay, now we need a money to help, uh, you know, Help us in recruiting because that's what this is being used for. Let's be honest, and and, and so you're at, you're going back to the well again and again and again. And yeah, I went to point, you know, I got a letter. Really the people other... aren't, aren't money aren't bottomless money pits. Yeah, I, I got a letter the other day from North Alabama, and they listed the things <laughs> that I could give to. Yeah, and so I I ended up giving to the basketball program at North Alabama, and then I got a letter yeah. back saying thank you for I, I, I said do what you want to with I I, I played basketball there and I like to give it. Right. I get a letter back saying thank you for your contribution to you and I basketball. So and so scored thirty points the other night. We gave him a little bit of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know Well see this again, all this money guys, hey look, all this money that went into all these opulent facilities 
and you know waterfalls in the locker room and and these you know these ridiculous i mean unbelievable unbelievably uh uh extravagant locker rooms with these lockers with the you know uh, state of the art technology and which is, I, it's all great. And if you can do it, you can do it. But now you're, now you're having to make some hard financial choices as boosters. All right. What do I, do I want to have a competitive team? And what does it take to have a competitive team? Do I pay the payers directly? Do I give them incredible uh, living facilities? Do I give them this incredible football complex with a lazy river around it, which I think the one just down the road here in Gainesville has, I think they have a lazy river around there, but they're 80, 80 something million dollar new uh, football operations center they opened a year or two ago. So, you know, what do you, how, how do you win? How do you get those guys to come there? For now, more, more and more, though, it's about paying the, the players want the money directly, you know, because the facilities, how much more opulent can these facilities get? Yeah. And yeah, if you're Greg Byrne, people are going to be coming after Nate Oates. So now you got to be sitting, do I need uh-huh. to, do I need to get this facility further down? Do I just give the money to Nate? How, where do I, where's the balance here? He may, he may call Nate in and ask him. There'll be people come after Nate Oates and, and, uh, we'll have to see how he handles it. All right, Kevin, we could go all day on yes. this. Uh, that's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's it, what's it, uh, Michael, what's his name we have on the other day? Michael, uh, I got, uh, talk the yacker all the time. Oh, uh, Mike Griffith. Yeah, just kind of leave. I want to leave you with this idea. He said it was ridiculous. Alabama, Alabama didn't hire. Uh, well, he said he said ridiculous that they didn't at least interview Dabo. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get that stirred up. Yeah. Well, you, for you well that's that, well, that's that's a, that's a that's a Mike Griffith kind of thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Kevin. Tell everybody where they can get you. Find all your great stuff. And, and I and I like Mike, but he certainly is. He he, he can say some outlandish things. Uh, Rome, follow me off on your own, but never in doubt, Mike. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a good description. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter uh, slash X at Kevin Skarbinski. Get links to uh, all of my work, uh, primarily weekly columns in the Birmingham Lead, and you can go to directly to Birmingham Lead L E D E dot com. Subscribe to that daily newspaper, essentially, which is thrown into your inbox. And then my weekly Thursday a newsletter called Scarbo Knows, uh, touching on a lot of different topics each week. You can subscribe to that through al.com slash sports and keep up with all the uh, fun stuff. We're in the heat of basketball season. It's a great uh, time to be a basketball fan in the state of Alabama. Maybe, possibly, probably, you guys can debate this, and Wimp knows better than anybody, one of the biggest regular season games ever coming up Wednesday night, Alabama at Auburn in that series. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, huge. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. See you. All right, Dan. Let's talk about our new great sponsor. Uh, I know you got uh, several accounts out there. But tell me about Bryant Bank. Well, Bryant Bank has, has four banks right in the in the city of Tuscaloosa, as well as so many banks in in Birmingham and throughout the state of Alabama. And they are absolutely the kind of people that when you walk into the bank, you, you know, you feel like that that you really need uh, not only people in the bank to help you, but you also need a banker. You need somebody to give you some great advice. I've been with, with Bryant Bank for a long time, and they are the kind of bank that uh, knows everything about you once you once you get in and, and get established with them. They, their people, their employees are great. Uh, you can walk in, and, and they'll know you. Uh, you know, people are always talking about the, the bank that they trade with is local. Uh, not many of them are, are, are local, but the Bryant Bank is local, very local. And I think you ought to take a look at it and see if uh, you need an investment there. I think you will enjoy working with them. I've worked with them for a long time. I'm in the process now of trying to 
to fix my will, and uh, I'm involved with them here in, in Tuscaloosa to be sure that uh, it's done the right way. So a lot of things, whether it, whether it be a, a money to purchase a home, uh, they can certainly help you there. So Bright Bank, uh, hopefully you will give them a call, tell them you heard on inside the locker room, and I think you'll be well pleased. I just like somebody where you walk in there, you feel more comfortable than just being another person. Right back has four locations in Tuscaloosa, several in Birmingham, uh, one uh, one in Gulf Shores where I have a place down there. And it's uh, it's really a great bank for the state of Alabama. No doubt. I also want to thank Yellowwood, Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern, making this 7 o'clock hour possible. Always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Well, the phone lines, you guys are welcome to call in and discuss with us, explain it to us, uh, what we're talking about, 205-342-9904. You're Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NBA, six games on the schedule. The Clippers outscore the Hawks in Atlanta 149-144. LA is now just a half game back of both Minnesota and Oklahoma City with a top record in the Western Conference. 76ers lose at home to the Mavericks 118-102. Philadelphia falls to 4-11 this season when reigning league MVP Joel Embiid is out of the lineup and he's going to be out for a while after a knee procedure. Cavaliers beat the Kings 136-110. Cleveland's won 14-15, including six in a row. Lakers and the Hornets their eighth straight loss, 124-118. to 118. Warriors over the Nets, 109-98. And the Pelicans beat the Raptors, 138-100. Brandon Ingram, 41 points for New Orleans. Top 25 college basketball, just one ranked team in action. Number four, Kansas loses that rival. Find a store and exclusive deals at TotalByVerizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate with auto pay discount beginning the month after you enroll plus taxes and fees. Additional restrictions apply. See website for data management practices and full terms. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with the low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the for his clients. Remember M for money and Mesreno. If it has a logo on it, call me. 205-800-8000. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Justin. Justin. You there? He's there. I want you to play. I want you to play. I, uh, uh, I ain't as good as I once was. Um, I told but I'm he, as good once as I ever was. Yeah, that's right. But I'm as good. But I'm as good now as I ever was. If you would believe it, Coach. That was what I had queued up next. <laughs> I'll queue it up and play it. We ain't going to talk. You play it. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's hey, let me tell you something. It's just like a guy that's, that, that the gal won't have anything to do with it with her. And then all of a sudden the booger bear gets, gets something. All that, she's running to him. <laughs> well, you could be flipped out the other on way. On the 50-yard line. You could flip that the other way. So, He's I, running I, the yeah, but we di- I didn't. Well, we got to be... Fair there. How many? Uh, you be I, fair. I, I did it the way I wanted to do it. How many uh, 
people that college athletics have y'all seen on a commercial? Can you name one? I, I can name one that I've seen on a commercial. Can y'all name anybody that you've seen? I, what, I, I, had, thought about, I had thought about it. Justin? Like t- TV commercial? Yeah. Um, or any commercial, radio, TV, for yeah, NIL. Seen, I think Jalen Milrow does like body armor or the uh, Robock. That it's a clothing brand. I've seen that. Will Reichert is the one that comes to mind first, though. With I, so if you got a commercial, you've seen him like on social media wearing the gear, which is nil yeah, as well. Yeah, social media. I mean, uh, the the most popular one that you see is Livy Dunn. I mean, she's everywhere. Uh, Vioria, the, uh, that uh, clothing line, which I have a lot of those shorts, which I like. They she has commercials. I think Deion Sanders' kids have been on a couple, but I think that's what he was talking about. That's True nil. Uh, this collective stuff is is not what it was meant to be. So if you would go back to the true nil, uh, then you wouldn't. That was be, the point I was trying to make. Yeah, my, my dad just texted me said Bryce Young with Dr Pepper. Bryce was uh, certainly on, I, but you could probably like we're having to really think uh, about who you who you see, uh, and that's what. You know, if a guy can sell these Lank shirts and they can make and people want to buy those shirts, uh, you know, like should Johnny Manziel, Dad, when he was such a star at Texas A&M, oh, he, made he, kill it. he should he should have been able to make the money off those autographs, right? No, he made a killing. Well, he was making it under the table. No, I know that. But I'm saying that's NIL, right? That's what NIL is. Oh, Somebody's sure. willing to pay for that autograph and because of... But he was getting it because of the player that he was, so people wanted him, right? So he had to get we there. Get, we it. get these Booger Bears as employees. We got big time problems, but more so than we got now. Uh, yeah, we. Somebody just said, <laughs> Bryce Young, and don't forget Wilkin Formby. And I have seen Wilkin Formby. Uh, of course, his granddaddy owns Taco Casa, and I have seen him doing uh, Taco Casa commercials. Uh, <laughs> So there you go. Uh, but is that illegal if your granddaddy gives you money? Uh, if you play, uh, Justin, I think he could have given him money regardless. Yeah. What if your, what if your, your granddaddy slips you a 20 in a birthday card? <laughs> you got to report that to the NCAA. Yeah. So now. What time you play? I don't talk about this. What time you play tonight? Six. Tough game. Yeah. Should be a good high school, uh, game tonight at 6 o'clock out at Bryant uh, Hillcrest who uh, will be going 7-8 next year um, in Northridge. So yeah, you're telling me when I go that that second exit I go back over the interstate and it's on my left. And when you say that second exit I don't know what you mean by that. So the first exit is colon going to colon and you know, that's 79 I think the next exit 77 and if you take that make a left and Bryant High School will be down there on your right, Allstate Insurance Agent Andrew Kniffer. Uh, Andrew is my agent. Let Andrew become yours. 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Northport. Give Andrew and his staff a call today. They'll run the quote right there for you. I've got Andrew and Allstate Insurance. He does a great job for me. 205-722-9201. When we started the show, you answered a question because I was going to ask you guys, uh, and where did you see that, that Charlie Strong was not coming back? How about Derek Dooley? Uh, you had a lot of, there was a lot of analysts back there with big I saw it on the internet where I see everything. It said that, uh, one of, he just named one and said that, that some of the analysts would not be retained. 
Charlie Strong was one of them. So I, I don't know. I don't even know. And it's changed so much. They're making $30,000 a year. And um, so, you know, people when come in, they do things different. The other thing I understood is that they're really building a, they're really building a big time office for coach. Oh, they're building one. I mean, they're, do, they're doing one there at, at the stadium, but it's going to be one that's been fixed really nice for him. That's what I understand. So they're going to take the stuff that was in his office at the. I have no idea about all that. Uh, what's he going to do in that office? Uh, he won't be there much. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I think you mentioned him about fixing college football. I... Well, he don't want to do that. That's what he got. That's what he got out. Yeah, he's sick of it. I mean, I, think I just he, said that just to be saying. That. I think he could fix it. But, no, I did too. But I just said that. But you think he's going? I asked the guy the other day, and he told that would know, and he said that can't tell you anything. I said that he's going to game day, at me and. He said no comment, so no comment made me think he is going to game day. Uh, should he take, and I know he's not going to put on the mascot head, but uh, should, should he take Lee Corso's spot in game day? That would be. I hope he takes that other goober spot. Pat McAvee. Uh, your boy loves him, though. Who's that? Herb Street. Herb Street says McAvee's well, gone. That. He's gone. He likes McAvee. Loves him. Herb Street. Loves him. Yeah, yeah. That don't that don't mean nothing to me. That ain't gonna change your mind, is it? Nope. Uh, should, I don't like it. Should coach be on game day? Will he enjoy that? Oh, I think I think for yeah, I think it's uh, you know, he, I, I I still think that uh, he is always involved with money, and he's not gonna sit there and let McAfee get nine million for being on there. That's what he's making. Uh, and not not get a hunk. So I, I would I would imagine that Jimmy will his agent will negotiate that. Yeah, uh, I wonder what would, wonder what he'd make on that. I wonder what the university still paying him to do whatever he's going to do. Got to be at well, least a million. You know, and, and the stink you know the stink now is about naming the stadium, which is a very difficult thing because you when you start naming things. The stadium that has already been named, um, you know, Brian Denny, you you affect two people there um, by adding another name to it, and it's, it's a little bit awkward to do that. Um, when Pat and I got let out, to be honest with you, they they need to do something for him, and they named the field. Nobody ever refers to it at that first to that so it's it's I don't know naming people have, uh, people have quit naming things I think for people like the, like they used to so we'll see they'll do something uh, I don't know what but something alright we'll take the break here we'll get to Brian Pasick we'll talk Alabama hoops with Brian uh, Kevin said this might be the biggest game and I don't know if he said Alabama history, but a long time. Yeah. Certainly this, obviously not the biggest game in Alabama history, but uh, be a big, oh, not. big game. 
uh, tomorrow night down on the plains. We'll talk to uh, Brian about that. Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. You can look at all the 2024s that they got on the lot. You also can look at the used inventories. Uh, the Grand Highlanders, a beautiful new SUV. They got out there. They've changed that, made it a little bit bigger there. They got the great trucks. They got the RAVs, which is the hottest selling car, the Camry. So swing by there, see Justin Troll, David DeSantis. They'll take great care of you. Also on the website, you can schedule a service. So Tuscaloosa Toyota will make life easy for you. Give them a call today, 20, I'm sorry, go to TuscaloosaToyota.com and tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you. You listen to Tide 100.9 and see home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the towns of Nissan Traffic Center. We are seeing a little backup now along eastbound Highway 82 in the Buell area. This is approaching Shelley Hughes Road. Crash there that does appear to involve some road blockage, and you might lose a minute or two if that's a long part of your drive. Now, this right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with a low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the day, the high 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 41 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. She said, I've seen you in here before. I said, I've been here a time or two. Welcome back to Inside Locker Room. We'll get up right up to the Yellowwood Hotline. We'll get, uh, he's obviously does the color for Alabama basketball. Good song. Uh, it's a great song. Uh, I always enjoy having, I want to call him Coach Passing, but it's, uh, he's not a coach. Uh, well, sometimes he is on the radio. Brian Passing. Good morning, Brian. How are you, sir? Brian. Doing great, guys. How are y'all today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You call me coach. I coached a little, uh, you know, Fifth and sixth grade, uh, little rec league basketball. So, you know, pretty much on your guys' level. Um, not much difference between, uh, elementary school rec coaching and, uh, major college basketball, as far as I can see it. Well, you tried to coach when I was coaching you. Well, I had some good ideas, coach. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about this team, uh, Brian, obviously. Uh, coach schedule difficult, uh, for a new team, uh, basically three players back. Uh, you know, a lot of teams would lose to Arizona, Purdue and, and Creighton. Coach is not scared to step out. I think it, the challenging schedule, maybe expose some weaknesses. Maybe you don't normally find, uh, if you play teams, you're, you're certainly going to beat. They seem to be, uh, playing well now. Kind of, they've got, uh, the younger guys are seeing them. And to really improve, uh, the kid from North Carolina has really improved. Diabate's really improved. Just talk about uh, where the team is right now. Yeah, they're getting better and better. And the scheduling philosophy uh, has been the same since Nate Oates has been in Tuscaloosa. And that is to schedule difficult, to prepare yourself uh, for the SEC regular season, the tournament, uh, and and. In the, uh, in March Madness and it, it has paid off in a big way over the years and seems to be paying off 
again this he, year. He's knocking me on that, Barry. <laughs> Coach, you did it the right way because back in the day, it was go get you 20 wins, get in the tournament. That's what it was. And, uh, and, and so you did that. So, you know, I think, uh, Coach, you played by the rules and, and were smart in the way you scheduled and, and Nate Oates is – is uh, smart as well, but different philosophies, different times, and uh, both worked out really well. And I think it's twofold. Yes, it prepares you, and I think that's the most important thing. You want to improve. You want to get better, have a chance to win the regular season, the tournament title, and and make a run in March. But also from a a number standpoint, I mean, you you look up, and even though Alabama's record had not been good and uh, going into the – conference play uh the numbers were good the net the kim palm and all the those look good and those are things that the ncaa tournament committee looks at so you're in good position before you ever got on a roll and started winning big games well now because of the preparation and and what you did in the non-conference and even though games against uh, purdue and creighton and arizona even even clemson uh, who has been up and down a little bit, but one of the best Clemson teams in recent memory, Ohio, the Ohio State game, those games prepared you for what you're seeing in the SEC, and it's helped this team get off to a great start. 8-1 and one is exactly where you hoped you would be at the midpoint of the SEC season. Yeah, that. I think in the game, in the game uh, tomorrow night, I think I – think, uh, I think Auburn talks about being good defensively, and I think Bruce is a really good coach. I don't think in the game at Tuscaloosa they did a very good job of contesting shots. I thought they were very poor at that. I think if they don't contest any better, I'm putting if in there, if they don't contest any better at Auburn, they should because the crowd will be, well, I got all that. But if they if their contesting is not what it should be, Alabama wins down there. Uh, generally well, speaking, you would, you would say not. Generally speaking, you would say it would not because of the crowd. And I, and yeah. I may be wrong. That's why you don't put if in there. But they didn't contest well, um, I didn't think, uh, at all. And uh, you've got to contest Alabama. You do. I mean, so many really good shooters on the floor at one time. The ability of Mark Sears and Aaron Estrada, especially to break you down off the dribble, Latrell Reitzel has really come on and shot the ball so well. You know, the, the one team who guarded Alabama better than anybody was Tennessee, and they were able to get contest, and there weren't many open shots. And it started with their ability to keep guys in front of them. Um, dribble penetration was not there. And when Alabama's guards are getting in the lane off the dribble, uh, this team becomes almost impossible to stop on the offensive end. I mean, they've been – number one or two in the nation in offensive efficiency all year long playing such a difficult schedule. But the the guards' ability, especially Mark Sears, to get in the lane and make plays for himself, teammates, so important. Uh, and that's going to be hard. Auburn is really good defensively. I mean, they're yeah, really was physical with them. I don't know if that was the big yeah. thing. They were very physical. But if the, if the guards get by occasionally, if you don't guard the guards the way you need to guard them, I don't give a crap. You, you, and they kick. You got to get back and test the shot because that's what, that's what happens. You, you make some mistakes guarding the dribbler, but you got to get your fanny back to guarding the guy who who he throws it to. <laughs> that's, yeah, no, no doubt. And coach, I still. I mean, it seems like yesterday uh, we, we come in the locker room at halftime, 
and uh, you and and Coach Haas giving out the stats. What, what's the the percentage of shots that the opponent made? Contested shots versus uncontested shots, and I kind of I think I think y'all kind of made it up, um, but it was drastic difference. Uh, no, I don't think you did. But but anyway, I know that that is a big reason why your teams uh, were great defensively. Is I mean you you about kill yourself. Well, we broke the rules because we were athletic and and we we dived at the shooter and went yeah. by him. We we jumped we jumped up, but and people don't do that now. That's that's bad defense. Well, it, it's hard to make shots that way. I know. I, I still, you know, I, I had I had nightmares for years about not running uh, the the running the floor from offense to defense, defense to offense, and contesting shooters. Uh, so that seemed to work out pretty well for your teams, no doubt about it. You know, uh, athletic. Uh, how, Go ahead. How fun for it is a guy offensively like you know Brian? Obviously, you would have loved to have played in this system. You can miss. Six, seven. I mean, like the other night, Rylan Griffin just kept firing up threes. I'm like, surely he's going to stop shooting. He just kept shooting and coach and doesn't say a word. They got like three or four offensive rebounds. I think he shot three threes in one possession and ended up finally hitting the last he one. He killed Aubrey. Um, you know, those guys, I've never heard Coach Oates complain about shot selection. I think he, if anything, he gets mad if you don't take the shot. Uh, and he says, hey, we'll go back to practice and work on it. Uh, to where even when you're down 17 to two against Georgia on the road, if I was Georgia staff, I would be worried the entire time these guys are going to eventually uh, get a run where, where they hit three or four in a row. They're going to be back in it. Like you, no lead or no deficit is too much for this team to overcome. How, how much do the kids enjoy playing in an environment where you don't have to shoot with one eye on the bench? Well, I think it's one of several reasons that, uh, he's able to recruit the way he does. Uh, and you, you're able to sign a guy like Grant Nelson because he wanted to improve in, in certain areas and, and have the green light, and, and he does. And obviously he hit a couple of huge threes, uh, probably the difference in the game in Athens uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs. But that sequence that you mentioned with Rylan Griffin, uh, three attempts, never hesitated on the third. And, and I mean, to, have, to shoot the third three in a matter of about seven or eight seconds when you've missed two, I mean, that is not normal. Most players don't do that. Most teams don't do that. Most, you know, you're going to pump fake and, and find an open teammate because you don't want to miss three. But you're exactly right. I mean, Coach Oates will get on a guy for giving up an open shot. He doesn't get, get on guys, at least that I've seen, for taking uh, even questionable shots. These guys uh, have the green light. And I think more than anything – it just instills confidence that I I am here to take and make open shots, and if I miss two or three, that's that means I'm about to make two or three. And it's one of the the reasons that this team is so dangerous. But that sequence of, of fighting for offensive rebounds and getting loose balls and all those hard hat things, and then a guy like Rylan Griffin who steps up and ultimately makes one, uh, I think epitomizes the mindset of this team. Yeah. Yep. I don't really have anything else. I think it's going to be a, you know, 
a terrific game, and certainly the crowd will will have some effect on it. How much I don't know, but I, I think Alabama, if they if they're not contested any better than they were the last time, I think Alabama wins. If they're not contested good, uh, talk a little uh, bit, uh, Brian, about uh, Diabate and uh, Stevenson, two freshmen. Um, I see Stevenson the way he's playing right now. Uh, I know Alabama coaches probably don't want to hear this, but it's six eleven. Uh, the way he can shoot the ball and shot it the other night, he'll start climbing the draft boards, kind of like Clowney uh, did, where he won't have humongous numbers, but they'll possibly take him on potential. Uh, just talk about what you've seen in those two guys right there. Maybe Pringle getting in troubles allowed these guys more opportunity to play. Uh, just talk about what you've seen with these two freshmen. Well, they've gotten better and better. And you know, Jaron Stevenson, of course, was one of the most highly sought-after players in the country right there in North Carolina's backyard. And uh, I think his mother played for North Carolina. He lived in a right outside Chapel Hill and comes to Alabama because he wants to play in this system and develop into an NBA player and have a chance to win championships. And he's had an up-and-down start to his career, but he's really hitting his stride. And, and and the same could be said as far as getting better in Modi Abadi, completely different players. But this time of year, a lot of people kind of assume that freshmen are going to turn into sophomores and get better. Well, a lot of times this time of year, they hit the wall because you know the, the college season and the grind of a college season is just so much longer and harder than high school. And so guys don't always hit their stride this time of year. A lot, a lot of time it's, it's the opposite. They kind of hit a wall, but these guys have hit their stride. And they both give this team something that is needed. I mean, Jaron Stevenson at, at 6'10", 6'11", has gotten tougher. He's become a better defender. He understands uh, the physicality that it takes to compete and win at this level. He's starting to make shots. He's starting to play with a lot more confidence. And Mo Diabate is is not your typical uh Nate Oates type player, but he is from a from a toughness standpoint. I mean he is from a hard hat blue collar standpoint and gives this team those things and he guards and he rebounds and he gets deflections and he's the first guy always on the floor for a loose ball. And when you surround him with four shooters and four guys that are highly skilled, all of a sudden the pieces really fit. And so uh they have gotten opportunities because of Pringle being out, hopefully uh, Nick will be be back soon. Uh, I think he can really help this team on the inside. And the emergence of Grant Nelson at the center position and what he's done defensively, yes, he's, he's starting to make some shots, was in foul trouble against Mississippi State. But you've got some new faces that are starting to play their best basketball, and it couldn't come at a better time, obviously, you know, as we get into February and uh, the halfway point of the SEC season. It's great to see all those guys playing at such a high level, and it's going to be needed because the back half of the schedule is more difficult than the front half, and a big reason why is games like tomorrow night in Auburn, and you've got nine games left, and, and five of them are on the road. So none of them are easy. I think this is the deepest conference in college basketball, but it's great to see those young guys starting to play well. Uh, next time... You have Coach Hobbs fill in for you. He cannot wear an Under Armour pullover. Um, that I don't know if you saw. He had a blue Under Armour pullover. And I didn't watch. At halftime, I guess they made him change uh, 
Brian? Is that true? He had on an Alabama I, pullover at half. After, I, the I don't know. I don't know that they made him change, but I will say this, and I haven't talked to Coach Hobbs about this. I I, I see it as a savvy move. Oh, you so want some to get new some free gear? Yeah, yeah. You want? Hey, you know, maybe maybe you put on something that uh, they feel like they got to give you some some gear. And uh, so I think it was a better and savvy move by Coach Hobbs. Uh-huh. All right, tell us about your daughter. Savvy. Did she have a big game that night? She did. And uh, area tournament. I know. Um, you know. High school basketball is uh, this is the time, and and I know, um, coach, you're you getting getting your folks ready to roll, and hopefully a long run in, in the tournament. But uh, you know, that Mount Brook girls uh, got a big win in the first round of the area tournament, and so uh, that was Saturday night. So that's why I wasn't able to be there. But we got we got the win play Shades Valley for the the area title tonight. So I, I'll tell you this Saturday. Um, that was an elimination game for my my daughter, who's a senior. Yeah, um, could have been the last game of her career. I, I was so I've never been more nervous for a sporting event than I was all day Saturday. I couldn't even be around her because I didn't want her to see how nervous I was because <laughs> I thought it might make her nervous. So I just avoided her all day. But, yeah, hey, I got to do that tonight. I got to coach, the same gotta thing coach tonight. my son tonight, and it could be his last high school game. If and we got to play a great team in Hillcrest, so I, I so I, I got it from a coach and a daddy's side uh, tonight, Brian. So double, Boy, that's d- tough. double whammy. <laughs> that's, that's tough. We'll, we'll be rooting for you. Yeah. So, Brian, Thanks, we appreciate Brian. it. Uh, Look forward to visiting with you throughout the year, and uh, we'll see what happens down the plane. Should be a, should, you got a ticket. Should be a great atmosphere down there. You got, you got you a ticket, right? I think they're going to let me sit by Chris tomorrow. There you so go. I'm, I'm going to take him up on it. Don't wear blue. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. See y'all. All right, uh, that's good. I right, was talking about uh, Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Prince Glover and Hayes, attorneys that uh, can help you if you have an accident and that accident was unnecessary. And uh, or somebody comes after you in a, in a different way, whether it be uh, in the neighborhood, whether it be something on the highways, whatever it might be, Prince Glover and Hayes can take care of of the advice that you need to go further with the problem that you have. Three four five one two three four. They've been doing this a long time. They've helped a lot of people who needed help, uh, who didn't know what to, exactly what to do. I wouldn't know myself. Uh, somebody comes after me with a baseball bat, and some of them would like to, I guess that, that'd be, that'd be in trouble. But anyway, if I had a wreck or something, I go, I drive very careful, but I drive fairly fast. Um, be darn sure that you call Prince Glover and Hayes. They can help you, and then they will do, it. and if, if you don't need help, they don't want your money. They'll, they'll pass, and they'll tell you exactly that you think that it's not necessary for you to, to see them, but they'll give you the honest answer. Three four five one two three four. PrinceLaw.net is the website. I always remember, if they don't win, you don't pay. Not one dime out of the pocket to sit down with these guys. All right, phone lines are open. The rest of the show, 205-342-990.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. It matters who does your taxes. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Billy man, come on, 
say somebody's been shot, somebody's been abused, somebody blew up a building, somebody stole a car, somebody got away, somebody didn't get too far, yeah. There's Toby Keith uh, passed away, I guess, last night uh, from cancer. Age of cancer. Age of 62, so way, way too young uh, to uh, pass away there. But we're... Uh, Playing his music, uh, and, uh, and some great songs, uh, there. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, Iron Bowl tomorrow. I don't know if you call it the Iron Bowl, but, uh, it will be. What do you do, uh, when you go and you know the crowd's going to be, uh, amazing? You know, the student section's going to be in there hours before the game, even when your kids come out to just shoot around. Uh, you know, those students will be on your guys. Uh, so it's a fun environment for the players to play in. Uh, you don't, you still want to, you know, execute your game plan, whatever that is, uh, against Auburn. How do you try to, uh, get your team? You don't say a lot about it if you're Alabama. You just say, you know, they're not, hey, everybody's hollering against you can't play. And they just, you know, they, their timing is just wrong. And, you know, you just, you play and, and play and stay together and, do what you're supposed to do and play hard. It'll all work out. I, I, I don't think you make a big deal out. I don't think you say, "Oh, the you know it's going to be the toughest." You know, I, I think you, you recognize it and, and you know it. And it was that it was that way on a different scale. Uh, they called you a thing to book, and we went down there and we did years ago. And I know it's I know it's different. All the crowd's different. I got all that, but uh, the. Uh, I think I think back then the hatred was more than it is now. It was in my corner. So. Um, how do you um, determine when you if, if say the Auburn goes on a run, the place is in a complete frenzy. Um, some coaches say we're just going to play through it. Uh, yeah. We're not going to burn a timeout, and uh, you got a timeout coming uh, every. Time the clock stops between 16, 12, 8, and 4, is a, there's a media timeout. So I'm sure you're looking at that. But what do yeah. you determine if, if they get a, a three, a steal, a dunk, or whatever, and that thing's yeah. about to get away from you? Uh, no well, answer to that. Yeah, I, I just think it, it, it's a good question, a hard answer. There are times there are coaches. Dean Smith played right through it when he was coaching at North Carolina. You know, we played him in, in, uh, in Tuscaloosa. Um, this play plays right through it. You show weakness if you get out. Other coaches, after after so long a time, uh, when it goes beyond realm of, of winning, you get your you, you got to call a timeout. So I think it varies according to how things are going. You maybe take the crowd out a little bit if you if that's what you can do with that. Uh, I'm not sure there's a single answer. Um, there's two answers that either do it or you don't do it. Uh, and I think it varies sometimes as, as your feel as as the head coach what you know what you want to do how, how tired you think your team is what, what direction they're going you have a good lead uh, you know the worst job and I think he's a good basketball but the worst thing in, in the league is, is Georgia they can they they have no idea how to win they know how to they know how to get in position to win. But they can't win. They don't win against Tennessee. They don't win against South Carolina. They don't win against Alabama. Uh, and I, it's maybe I don't know. It's hard. Um, how much do you? 
obviously you look at the last game, you looked at what worked, what didn't work, what worked. Auburn's going to try to take that away. Uh, you know, you, you look at the matchups. How did, who do they guard who with? Now maybe yeah. Auburn looks at it and says, ah, we got to change this matchup. So there is some gamemanship there. Uh, so you look back at that game, you look at the, maybe their last couple of games and how they played. Do you go back and look, hey, maybe some, Teams went in there and played Auburn better. What what did they do? Uh, just talk about the the game planning for that. How much do you use the game before, and how much tape do you watch prior to it, and look at maybe making some adjustments from the last time? Well, yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you look at the tape a lot and let, you know, let those guys see that you know that if you're Auburn, that, that you know they you didn't contest them and, and, they, and they drilled it. And you you've got to work hard on, on defending left-handers because both the guards Estrada and uh, Sears are, are left-handers, and so you got you got to you know spend time on that. Uh, not so much on the patterns today. If you you know without talking about scouting, if you if you want to talk about the best shooting team, they ain't close. <laughs> they ain't even close. Uh, Alabama can shoot a heck of a lot better. Uh, I don't want that. You know, they may, they may not win, but they 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 shoot it better. They just got better shooters, and they shoot it better. And um, starting a three guard lineup is a little bit different, a little bit quicker. Um, and uh, so uh, naturally, Auburn knows that they need to play inside. Big guy, Auburn played exceptionally well. Uh, Auburn is playing. Uh, they played uh, in the last game. Played fifteen people, and uh, Alabama played several. Of course, they got. Pringle out, but they play play as many as they had too. So Auburn, I I, I thought in the, I thought without coaching anybody's team, I thought that uh, what's what's the big guy's name that gone blank at all? Broom. Uh, I thought that what cost Auburn the game there, they didn't play Broom enough. I thought you rested him too much. Uh, I thought when he was hot, they, they, I thought they had a they had five or six minute rest of him, and I thought that was a mistake. Uh, naturally, that's coaching after the game is over, which people do, and which they did to me, and which I do to others, I guess. Yeah, Zaniah Broom played, I'm looking at the stats, 26 minutes. 26 minutes, 11 17 from the floor, yeah. uh, had 14 rebounds, 25 points. Yeah, I don't think that 26 minutes is enough in Alabama Auburn game. Yeah. It wouldn't be for me. I, I would find out. When my next timeout was coming, and when I did, and the first dead ball I had, I'd take my guy out, and I'd let him rest before the next timeout, and then he would rest during the timeout. But I would I would find out when my timeout is coming, and when it, right before it's coming, I'd get my best player out of there and let him rest a little bit, a minute or so earlier, and then rest for the timeout and then put it back in. Yeah. I just studied the timeout. I don't. I just what is it me? The kid that didn't have a good game was Aiden Holloway. Was over seven from the yeah. floor, over five from three. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, freshman guard there, how he does uh, against Alabama his second time. All right, let's get to the uh, Yellowwood Hotline. Bring Cowboy in. Come on, Cowboy. Hey, Cowboy. Where's Bryce? Hey, Cowboy. Where's Bryce? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna try to get him back on the show, but. He's, uh, I don't know. Do we, we make him mad or is he, st- I don't know if he's calling any of the shows anymore. I don't think he is. I don't know. He's in hibernation, I think. He, what, uh, what, what, did he make him mad? <laughs> no, I don't think he's mad. I think he's, uh, I think he's, uh, 
No, I know. Uh, okay. I don't know. He says he's got early morning meetings or something. But I tell Good. him to call y'all at seventeen. Maybe, maybe, he's, maybe he's reading my book. Uh, he's probably over at Lash's eating. He ain't got time to be talking to yeah. us. Yeah. 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 Let me see if I can uh, bring him back to the show. Maybe I can call and get him on the line with me, and we'll just. Oh, that's that's not necessary. Him. We just we just want to make sure he's on. Yeah, we we're, we're not we don't want to hear both of you at the same time. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> that wouldn't be too good. Would it? No, it wouldn't um, be very. Would be good for yeah. our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Coach Sanderson, do you think? Um, you know, I noticed in that North Carolina Duke game Saturday, Roy Williams comes back to the games and treated like a hero. I got to thinking. I wonder if Coach Saban to go to any football games this fall, or he'll he'll stay away from it. Um, I don't think he'll be. Yeah. He won't be honored in any football games. No. Yeah. Well, I, I not. figured it wouldn't. Well, no, he's not going to be involved whatsoever. He'll be. He'll have his box probably, but he's not going to be honored. No. No, no, no. I didn't. What I meant was come back around like Roy Williams does. You know, you see him. Everybody. You know, he's kind of. It's kind of like an ambassador. Thing. Uh, he's not be, if he's doing game day, he's not going to be able to be at the games. Football and basketball yeah, are different. Yeah. Crowds are different. The finding them is different. It's, it's different. Right, right. Who who you all like in this uh, Super Bowl or Glamour Bowl or whatever? You're I'm afraid. About. I'm afraid San Francisco is going to win. Really? I'm I afraid like they the might. 49ers. Well, I like. I, I like. I like for. I like for Kansas City win again, yeah. but I'm, I'm scared of this game for them for some reason. I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong. He's pulling for most. Most time I'm right. He's pulling for Taylor. Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, he he likes Taylor. I got you. Did he yeah. watch? Did you watch Taylor Sunday night at the Grammys? Oh coach? my god! No, I don't watch the Grammys. She I should was, have. She <laughs> was. Uh, she likes attention. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. 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 Hey. Um. What y'all think happened to Musselman this year at Arkansas? Bad, I mean, uh, bad. He got uh, some bad players. Right and one thing Alabama did, uh, they Barry continued just to brag on them all the time about the recruiting, uh, and they got money to recruit. But I, I think that they did a great job in selecting people, uh, the kind of people that they thought. And I think from what I can find out over there from two people that I know, the selection of people off the court were not the right kind of people, and some of the players maybe were not quite as good as they thought they were going to be. And I think yeah. he 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 came out publicly and busted the team publicly, and they quit on him. I got. Yeah, well, he got some internal issues uh, with some of the players there. Some of them have walked away, and uh, just a lot of problems in there, cowboy. I don't think they're going to get corrected. You think he's pretty safe up there? Yeah, he just signed a new deal. Oh, he's fine. He yeah. ain't going nowhere. Yeah. He just signed I, a new deal unless he wants he'll just to. Give him a new, we're going to give him a new team. He's going to get rid of them Gets to give him another group. Right. Uh, I think he's fine. Uh, uh, Bryce was telling me. I said, no, nah, he's fine up there. They like him up there. He's fine. Yeah, he's he's fine. Um, do you think um, Missouri will win two conference games this year? I don't know. I had to look at the schedule. I know I've studied South Carolina's schedule. They they got to go to Auburn and and A and M and Ole Miss State. 
South Carolina does, and they're they're seven and two in the league and playing great. So that's the that's the good part of the SEC because somebody's up there that wasn't supposed to be, and the bad part is Missouri. And uh, I don't know what I think. The guys are a very good coach. Uh, they just gone. They lost. I talked to Houston. Uh, Houston mentioned it to me the other day off the air uh, about some of the. You know, people that they lost from last year who I didn't really keep up with that yeah. close. So. All right, Cowboy, we got to get out. We got to get the break. Oh, one last thing is Dickie Nutt, he's at, he was at Missouri, right? Yeah, he's still there, but he's got cancer. And he's uh, not, he's left. I met his daughters out here in Dallas. They were yeah, nice ladies. Yeah. Yeah, she's a pretty girl. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Cowboy. And, and, while I, and while I'm mentioning this before Barry goes to break, I, 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 and I maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wrote a book, Plaid and Parquet, and uh, it's a darn good book. I mean, it, 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 I worked on it hard, and um, uh, Al Browning helped me write it. Al Browning uh, and I worked on it for a year when I came back, and he walked to the door one day when he just two blocks down. He walked to the door. We were fixing to go out and, and start marketing the book at different places and he walked to the door and he said he had a bible in his hand and he said to me coach i'm not gonna make it i said i said what he said i'm not gonna make it and he'd been there reading his bible and he passed away Mm. and so um he had already ordered the books for me and uh it's a heck of a book um, only thing my my daughter in laws are mad because I didn't have a lot about the uh, grandkids, but they, they was too young. It wasn't anything to write about them. So I, I've got a lot of them, and I'm going to get rid of them. If I can get rid of them for twenty dollars and give some of it to charity, I'm going to do so. It's it's it, you, and I don't know how to do this because uh, Justin can't take the calls if we get any calls about it. But uh, you could you could call. Maybe call Justin or whatever you want to do, or call me on my cell number. I really don't care. Uh, you, can get, you can get my cell number from Barry, um, but I'd like to sell them for you know for, for twenty dollars a book because I got a lot of them. And it, that's what happened is the reason that we didn't get out and really we were going. To, in fact, we were going to Huntsville to, to, to do a book signing. And uh, anyway, I wanted to mention that. Sorry. All right, you're just a tie one hundred point nine. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We are getting some better news from the Buell area now. Our accident on eastbound 82 at Shelley Hughes Road has been moved from the roadway. Lanes there are back clear. We really aren't seeing any remaining backup. Now, if you're traveling further east along McFarland coming in from Coker. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner, too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice day today with a sunny sky, the high 63. For tonight, fair with a low at 36. Tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 60 and 63. Friday, the chance of a few showers during the day, the high 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. 
today's show. We want to be back with you bright and early tomorrow at 7 a.m. Keep it locked in for the Gary Harris Show. Gary is next. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Have a great day, everybody. We got yuppies. We got backers. We got thirsty hitchhikers.